So grateful that you uh, have saw fit, seen fit to um, spend time with the people of God together. Glory to God. Acts 2. I don't, teens, are they back? Acts 2, we're just trying to make sure we got space for everybody. We, got, we have people in other buildings right now, so we're just trying to see, can they come back? They want to be back in over here. And I understand. I don't mind. They can come back if all I care. Uh, they, can, they can come back if you want them to, if they want to. Uh, I was thinking, you know, if the police comes in, they say we're going to charge you $600, I'll take it out of my pocket. I'll pay you. Come on. Yes, sir. You, you, want it, you want it cash? How you, how you want it? And don't, don't send me no bill. I'm going to pay you right now. Just get out my face. See, Jesus said in John 6, 37, he said, of all the Father has given me, he said, I will in no wise cast out. So I told the deacons, I ain't throwing nobody out of church. You can, you can, you can find me, do whatever you want to do. You can take me to jail. I don't care. I, call my, I got a couple, couple bell bond agents here at the church. I'll, I'll do, I can handle that. I'm not, I'm not concerned about that. See, Jesus said, I will by no means cast out. So we're not supposed to be putting people out of church and telling them you can't come to church. Y'all hear what I'm saying to you? See, but they, I told you this, this is what they did to black folk. When they, when, they, when they jailed a pastor, made sure the whole world knew that they jailed a pastor, this is what they did to black folk in slavery. They'd hang one and let him swing, let his body swing for all the other slaves to see. They whip one real bad. Y'all, some of y'all watch Roots. They whip one real bad. Make sure everybody see. See? But they can't, they're not going to scare me with that stuff. We're the church. We're the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Men are they obey God, not man. Well, Man just made suggestions. They didn't make any orders. They just, they just advised. We just advised you. Here's our guidance. Well, thank you for your guidance. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Are you in Acts 2? Yes, sir. That's all I want to say about it. I don't want to talk about coronavirus ever again. I don't want to mention it anymore. I've had enough talk about it. I'm already over it. Acts 2, 22 through 24. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you. Quiet down a little bit, guys. By miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Today I want to talk on the subject as a matter of encouragement to us and to all the church at large. We can't be stopped. Why don't you just go ahead and high five two or three neighbors and tell them we can't be stopped. 
It was impossible, not possible, not possible that he should be held by it. Father, thank you today for the word that we're about to receive. Speak now from heaven. For your servants, we are ready, positioned. We've gathered here for this moment to hear your word. So speak. Lord, in your words, we will hear and we will obey. We will give full, full attention to what you have to say to us today. I pray even for those who are watching us from home, those who are watching us now or at any time in the future, that they will give full attention to the words that you speak to us so that this word can penetrate our hearts and produce in us the life that you sent it to produce. It's our prayer. We give you praise in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. And amen. All right. Thank you, Lord. We can't be stopped. Now, once again, as I said before, the foundation, the very centerpiece of our Christian faith is still the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the very foundation of our faith. Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are not Christians. In fact, Paul said one place, he said, if, if Christ be not risen, he said, your faith is in vain. If Christ is not risen. But he is risen. <laughs> he has been raised from the dead. Amen? Everything from the very beginning of time and human experience has pointed to the glorious moment of Jesus Christ being raised from the dead. And everything since then hinges upon that moment that he was raised from the dead. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, chapter 13, verse 8, the Bible calls Jesus Christ the lamb slain before, or from, rather, the foundation of the world. He's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. And so, if he's slain from the foundation of the world, we can go back and look at the beginning and see that. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 21, this is after Adam and Eve had sinned. They had fallen and lost the glory that was upon them. In Genesis 3 verse 21, the Bible says that God... It said, also for Adam and his, and his wife, Eve, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Now, for God to make tunics of skin, it doesn't mean he put skin on them. They already had skin. You understand, your body's a closed system designed by God. So skin keeps your, your, your uh, systems closed. So they already had skin of their own, but he made a covering of skin for them, tunics of skin, which means he had to sacrifice an animal. Now, I'm, I'm no great theologian. I, I'm glad to have uh, Pastor Rainey here and other pastors that are here uh, who probably would know this better than me. I'm just giving my guess at it, and I, I heard my spiritual dad talk about this, that God would have to take some animal, and uh, we know this, to, to make this skin, and we can speculate with great reason that he sacrificed a lamb. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay? Uh, we like to wear wool. So, again, we can't prove it, but you can't prove that I'm wrong, that Jesus Christ is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Right? Okay, now I want you to go back to verse 15, same chapter, Genesis 3, verse 15, and let's look at something else here, because this resurrection is, has been forecast and foretold from the very beginning. Look at this, in Genesis 3, verse 15, it says, and I will put enmity, now this is after the, the fall of man again. This is when God is pronouncing the curse on the serpent, right? He says to the serpent, I will put enmity or hatred, war, between you and the woman and between what? Your seed, come on, wake up everybody, and her seed. 
So there's going to be war between you and the woman, your seed, and her seed. Her seed. Now, you know seed doesn't come from a woman. But Jesus Christ is going to come from a woman. His, his uh, earthly father, which will be Joseph, had nothing to do with it. The stepfather. So Jesus is going to be Mary's seed. Right? So between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed, capital S, capital S, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now that word bruise comes from a Hebrew word shuf, shuf, which means to crush. It's the same word we see in Isaiah 53, verse uh, 4 and 5. He was bruised for our iniquities, bruised, crushed. So he shall crush your head, you shall crush his heel. Now, I don't know if you know anything about anatomy, uh, if the, the physical body, if someone, something were to happen and your heel were crushed, were to be crushed, you could recover from that. Right. It could be repaired. Right. You could get along. Even if it weren't repaired, you could, just, you could still live. Right. But if your head were crushed. So notice what God tells Satan right from the jump. You're going to crush his heel, but he's going to crush your head. Y'all got it? You're going to crush his heel. You're going to hurt him, but he's going to crush your head. He's going to destroy you. Praise the Lord. Y'all got this here. Now, so I taught you, how many of y'all were here this past week for our Redeemed from the Curse conference? Praise God. Wonderful, wonderful. Five, five nights of meeting. Three nights initially. It got extended to five nights. Because y'all said we want the word. So we kept preaching the word. Amen. So here we have, uh, I taught you how Jesus Christ went to hell. Right? And whipped Satan on his own uh, ground. On his own home turf. Isn't that good? It's, it's bad to get beat on your own home turf. Don't, I mean, somebody come to your house and beat you, that's, that's just bad. Right? And, but Satan uh, got whipped on his own turf. Right? And then I want you to pull up on media Revelation chapter 1, verse 18. Because Satan was crushed and embarrassed. Because here he is, Satan and all his imps, trying to hold, hold Jesus back, and they couldn't. And they got him on their own ground. He... he he, by the time he got to hell, he'd been whooped. Jesus, I'm talking about. By the time Jesus made it to hell, he'd been whipped, been beaten, been bruised, been tattered. Suffered, bled, and died for three hours. So he'd come to hell already weak. Y'all missing it. And still, whoop that joker on his own ground? Tell me he doesn't have power. Notice he says here, in Revelation chapter 118, he's talking to John, John uh, the Beloved, and he says, I am, this is Jesus talking, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, see, look, I am alive forevermore, amen. Amen, amen means that's done. It's not, not, not going to change again. It's not going to change again. And I have the keys of Hades, hell, and death. That means he whipped the devil at his house and took his keys. Now, something wrong with that. Somebody come to your house, whoop you, and take your keys? You can't go in and out your own house. Somebody say, he has the keys. 
of hell and death. Now, if he has the keys, that means the devil does not have the keys. You got to catch that. If Jesus, had, matter of fact, me this, can you switch to the, uh, the message Bible? Uh, <laughs> if he has the keys, the devil does not have the keys. Now, I, it'll probably pull up a couple more verses. That's all right. Just give me all of it, whatever they give. I hope y'all can read that. It's, it starts at verse 17. Don't fear. Hello? Don't fear. I am first. I am last. I'm alive. I died, but I came to life. And my life is now forever. See these keys in my hand? I want you to see these keys in my hand? They open and lock death's doors. They open and lock hell's gates. So the devil's not in charge. Jesus is in charge. Jesus, the risen Lord and the risen Savior, the risen King, he's in charge. He whipped the devil on his own ground and snatched the keys. Are y'all hearing this here? So I was so wonderfully blessed by that song, Because He Lives. See, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Say it, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. I don't have any uncertain times. We used to have another song, Mom, back in the day. Uh, Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds the future, and I know who holds my hand. See, in the world, they have uncertain times. But I know who holds my future. I know who holds my hand. And I know who holds the keys. Y'all better shout in here one good time. That's why I'm not worried about tomorrow. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. All fear is gone. That's what we learned this last week. If you weren't in our Redeemed from the Curse meeting, faith meeting that we had this week, uh, go on YouTube. Visit our Grace TV channel. In fact, I asked Brother Kirkland, our media person, to make a, make a playlist and have, the, have that meeting banner click right to that playlist. People click that banner on the website to go right to that playlist because you probably need to review it. You probably need to go back over that again and again. If you didn't hear, you need to go back over all five messages. That way you can get all the fear out. Get all the scared the cat out. Get all the worry out. Get all the evil thoughts out. You can sleep at night. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I taught you that we were redeemed from the curse. Am I right about it? Therefore, I have no fear of Satan. Remember Wednesday night? I've been delivered from the power of Satan. I'm delivered from the power of Satan. Thursday night, I'm delivered from the power of darkness. Friday night, I'm delivered from the power of death. So if I'm delivered and Jesus has the keys, I have no fear of Satan. I have no fear of darkness. I have no fear of death. I'm not afraid to die. What's, what's the worst that can happen? You go to heaven? 
How many of y'all want, you want to go to heaven? How many of y'all want to go to heaven? Now, how many of y'all ready to go? I'm ready to go. I'm ready. I mean, you already made yourself ready. I'm ready to go. No, I didn't ask what whether you want to go right now. I asked, are you ready? See, that's thing you got to make sure. Don't worry about no virus or all that junk. Make sure you're ready to go when you go. And I told my wife this. I told her this morning. I said, babe, I, I'd much rather be in heaven than be here. That's what Paul said in Philippians chapter 1. He said, he said, he said I, I, I'd much rather be in heaven with God. He said, but it's needful for me to be here with you. So the only reason I'm staying here is because of y'all. And we got too many souls to get saved. I said, we have too many souls to get saved before Jesus returns. Am I right about it? Now Hebrews 2 so I don't have any fear of death or Satan or darkness. Hebrews 2, verse 14 and 15. Y'all remember this from this week? Okay, Hebrews 2, verse 14 and 15. Y'all remember this from this week? <laughs> Some of y'all still ain't said nothing. Just looking at me. Inasmuch then as the children, us, have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had past tense had the power of death that is the devil so the devil had the power of death that's why Barry and Agent they'll tell you something like we don't know if your wife and your baby gonna make it see they doctors sometimes think they have the power of death doctors will tell you have three months to live we were praying this week, Gershom. I got a, I got a, I was contacted by you all. Deacon Gershom has, uh, has his brother, brother-in-law. They went, went to the hospital, right? And they say he's not going to make it through the night. They say he's not going to make it through the night. The doctors, medical science said he's not going to make it through the night. They contacted me. My wife and I prayed. Boom. 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 What night was that? Tuesday night, he was out of it, nothing. Tuesday night. By Wednesday, he's moving. He's, he's, he's. Y'all better shout in here like y'all know what I'm talking about. We're not making it tonight. Is he still alive today? Now he functions. Hey, how y'all doing? Where, where, where's Deacon Tyrone? Deacon Tyrone. Deacon Tyrone, your father went to the hospital. They didn't give him a chance in, 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 in hell to live. He ain't going to make it. Call all the family in. We prayed. Psalm 107 verse 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. How long ago was that, Deacon Tyrone? About a month ago, he wasn't going to make it through the night. See, don't tell me. See, they don't have the final say. They don't have the keys anymore. 
<laughs> See, y'all have a seat now. So the, the devil does not have power, Hebrews 2, 14, 15. The devil does not have power over death anymore. The devil doesn't have it. Jesus destroyed him. He destroyed him. Now, when did he do all this? This is when he went to the cross and went down into hell and got up on the third day morning. This is what this day is all about, ladies and gentlemen. Verse 15, verse 15. Verse 15. And release those. Here's what he did. And release those. So he whipped the devil, but then he released all of us. Release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So the fear of death subjects you to bondage. The fear of death enslaves you. The fear of death controls you. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you? But when you've been released from that fear of death, the fear of death can no longer enslave you or, or control you anymore. Glory to God. So because Jesus Christ rose again, you and I can be confident that no power on earth and no power under the earth can ever hold us down. Say, neighbor, we can't be stopped. Now, I want you to understand something. I'm going to say this here, and, and I, I'm only, I'm only uh, alluding to this just for this moment, that I want the church, the body of Christ, to see that there's more going on in the world than a virus, that there's, there, that there's a satanic, a diabolical attack against the body of Christ. And if we're not aware of that, we'll go along with, we'll, we'll play the game with them and they'll control and shut the church down. What they want to do is mute the voices. See, the devil knows that the prophetic voices in the earth are the ones that are holding back his forces. And so if he shuts those voices down, he's able to move freely throughout the earth. But I'm not going to be shut. I refuse to be quiet. God has put me here as a prophetic voice and he's put you here in this church as prophetic voices as well. So we can't be quiet. I said we can't be quiet. We got to keep yapping and yapping and yapping for Jesus. He told us that this is the year of the open mouth. Remember Psalm 81 verse 10? Open your mouth with a mighty decree. I'll fulfill it. Now you'll see the words that you speak, so shall it be. The Passion Translation, remember that? So he's trying to shut it down, but I want to make sure you and I know we can't be stopped. And even if, if churches, because there are a lot of states, churches have been shut down, but we cannot be stopped. And I want you to see what's going on in general, but also make it personal for yourself. Because even once all this brouhaha is over, he's going to still come against you. Don't have any witnesses in here. Did the devil come against anybody last year? Year before last. The last five years. So that means he don't need to come against everybody at one time. He'll come against you one-on-one. Just to buffet you about, just to bruise you, just, just to get you off, off your rock, just to get you uh, off base. But I want you to make sure that joker knows you cannot be stopped. 
Devil, you might bruise my heel, but the Bible says in Romans 16 that the Lord is going to crush Satan under my feet shortly. Oh, my God, my God, my God. Y'all put that, I think that's uh, Romans 16, uh, verse 20. I think that's what it is. Romans 16, verse 20. Put it on the screen for me, please. This is somewhere. If, it ain't, if that ain't it, you find it. Yeah, that's it. And the God of Irene, peace, prosperity, wholeness, will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Are you hearing that? So the devil, the devil might be hitting on your heels, nipping at your heels, trying to come again. Oh, but his head is getting crushed. Oh, I hear that. I hear that. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. That's just for me. Oh, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Say, neighbor, it won't be long now. Just hang on. Just hold on. Just keep praising God. Just keep serving God. It's going to be just a little minute. God's going to crush Satan under your feet. Glory to God. Now, I said all that to say again that this is all based upon the resurrection of Jesus. That without his resurrection, none of this power we're talking about will be possible. Without the resurrection, none of these uh, um, uh, exploits that we're talking about will be possible. Without the resurrection, um, people that we, we just mentioned, they would have died. Without the resurrection, you and I wouldn't have any hope of any kind of uh, financial well-being, any kind of physical well-being, your marriage couldn't be restored, your children couldn't get saved. None of these things would be possible without Jesus Christ uh, dying and being raised again from the dead. Hallelujah. But because he did, it is possible. All right? Now, go to Acts 2, please. Let's go back to where we began here in Acts 2, 22. Now, I know some of you may be thinking, well, Pastor, this is after, on the day of Pentecost. Well, I know. I know it is. I know when it is. The day of Pentecost, that's, that's going to be 50 days after today. Right? Because after Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, the next 40 days, he spent teaching the disciples and people about the kingdom of God. You read Luke, uh, Acts chapter 1. He spent time teaching them about the kingdom of God and showing by many infallible proofs that he was alive. He was proven that he, he was alive. Y'all missed that. Now they can see him, but he said, I'm going to prove to you I'm alive. I'm going to do a miracle and a sign and a wonder in your life to prove to you this is me. So I even decree for you the next 40 days of your life. May it be 40 days of infallible proofs of God doing outstanding things to prove to you he is alive and he reigns forevermore. Glory to God. Look forward to the next 40 days. Don't dread the next 40 days. Look forward to the next 40 days. So he spent 40 days doing that. Then the disciple, then as he got ready to uh, ascend, go up to the Father, he called the disciples. You read in Luke 24 and Acts chapter 1 as well. You see where he gathered them together and said, I'm getting ready to head back. He saw, so he blessed them and he ascended to the Father. While they're looking, the angel says, the same, same way you saw him going, you're going to see him coming back again. Tell your neighbor, he's coming back again. Tell him the story's not over yet. 
our Savior is coming back again. <laughs> and it's sooner than it was before. So he's coming back again. And so he told them, but I want you to go to Jerusalem. And I want you to wait there until you be endued or endowed with power from on high. So we know the story tells us then, that, that's Luke 24, Acts 1, which, which correlates with that, tells us that they went there and they gathered in some place called the upper room, and they were there together 10 days, praying, they're praising, they're, uh, I, 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 I'd suspect they might have been fasting uh, to just prepare themselves. But when the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were gathered together there, and there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to each one cloven tongues like as a fire, and there it sat upon each one of them. And they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 2, verse 1 through 4. And all of a sudden, these 120 people are filled with the Holy Ghost. They're speaking in other tongues. And the Bible says all the people in Jerusalem were gathered around. They're there for a feast, and as they're listening, they hear this noise, this noise, this, what's going on? And they start gathering around, and they said, these people are drunk. You know, Peter has to now fill with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> now, just, just, just 50 days ago, he denied he even knew Jesus. <laughs> but now he says, men and brethren, these men are not drunk as you suppose. In other words, yeah, we are drunk. Tell your neighbor, they were drunk. But not as you suppose. See, it looks to you like they drunk on that, that wine, that little liquor. Mad dog, some whatever, Cavassier, they, Corona, whatever. They drunk on all that kind of stuff. Right? He said, no, no, they're, they're drunk, but not on that. They're drunk on the new wine Jesus Christ prophesied. Said if you want new wine, you got to have new wine skins. They spent two, 10 days getting new wine skins. 10 days preparing themselves for this new wine. And when that new wine came in, he's called the Holy Ghost, they're all filled. They begin to speak other tongues with other tongues. And so they want to know what's going on. This, this is not what you think. This is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I'll pour my spirit out on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And on all my servants and all my handmaidens will I pour out my spirit, said the Lord. This is that. This is that. And so he continues the message. This is Peter's first preached message. And so by the time we arrive at Acts 2, verse 22, he's just getting crunk. <laughs> verse 22 says, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know him, being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Now let's go and analyze 
like people do me. Let's analyze Peter's sermon. So he's preaching, as I told you, to this curious crowd in Jerusalem. And let's look at what he says. Can we do that? Can we break it down a little bit? Y'all, can we do that? Can we take our time? Good. See, the more time we take, it gives your greens and your uh, ham hocks time to break down at home. Some of y'all have turkey wings on, 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 the, on, the, on the, you got to give it time to break down. Your oxtails give it time to break down. Today, today is no Salem's Gyros Day. Today is a, I like Salem's, but this ain't a Salem's Day right here. This ain't a Culver's Day right here. I can't, I can't do no drive through I got to sit down with something that's been prepared before me. Glory to God. So let's go ahead and break, let's break this down in the name of Jesus. <laughs> so he says, men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, of Nazareth. It's important that we see he mentioned of Nazareth. Because what he's saying is Jesus from the hood. He's saying Jesus who came out the ghetto. If you know anything about Jesus' upbringing, uh, Nazareth was the hood. Nazareth was uh, the ghetto. Na Nazareth was the projects. He grew up in Nazareth, but he moved his ministry to Capernaum. Capernaum was the suburbs, but he grew up. He came out of Nazareth to the point where, where that, that when, when Philip and Nathaniel saw him, their words were, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Because if you were born in Nazareth, you were low down nothing. You were nobody. And it was, it was important for the Holy Ghost through Peter to point out Jesus of Nazareth. He didn't say Jesus of Capernaum. He didn't say Jesus of Bethlehem. He said Jesus of Nazareth. So for all you high elite, highfalutin folks, I want you to know that your salvation has to come through somebody who came out the hood. Because he was born in Nazareth, because he was a regular hometown fellow, his brothers despised him. You know, the Bible says his own brothers did not believe him. His natural brothers did not believe him. Bro, we from Nazareth. What you mean you the king of the Jews? Bro, what are you talking about? We from Nazareth. <laughs> Some of y'all say, <laughs> I'm from the Bangs, man. I'm right about a Harbordale, man. I'm right about Citrus Grove, man. What you talking about, Kenny Bang? What you talking about? Yes, God, when he puts his hand on you, he can use anybody. He said, Jesus of Nazareth, so he was despised. We know when he began his ministry, and anybody who's been following Jesus' ministry, you know about it, he was also rejected by the religious crowd. He went among the Pharisees. They rejected him. The Sadducees they rejected him. All the, the Jews mainly, the Bible says in John chapter 1, right around verse 11, the Bible says he came to his own and his own received him not. But verse 12 says, but as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. That means his own people did not receive him. He even said it one day, his first day in ministry, he said, a prophet is not without honor except among his own country, among his own people, among his own kinfolk. So don't be shocked when your family don't accept what you're saying. 
Don't be shocked when your family does not go along with all you're talking about. See, you're speaking as with a prophetic voice. If you talk regular, they'll go with what you said. But because you're talking prophetically, they don't accept what you have to say. That's why you don't get invited to the little hangouts and the little cookouts and the little stuff. Tell your neighbor, that's all right, that's all right, that's all right. Because one day, because one day, because one day, now I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna just, I'm gonna just, I'm just, I'm about, about to be ghetto. I'm about to be ghetto. Because I grew up in the ghetto. I'm gonna tell you like we used to say in the ghetto. You gonna need me before I need you. See y'all, don't go say you can't say that. Y'all can't say that. That's not nice. See some of y'all, you must grow up in the same neighborhood I grew up in. See, the reason, the reason he's rejected because he's from Nazareth. Isaiah 53, verse 3. Isaiah 53, verse 3 says he is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, as we, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. What? He's from Nazareth. Interesting, he pointed out. So, because he's from Nazareth, they're trying to stop him. But we can't be stopped. Come on. Let's keep going now. It says, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God. A man attested by God. That word attested, your King James probably used the word approved. A man approved by God. It's interesting how the Holy Ghost speaks this through Peter. He says, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested or approved by God. Of Nazareth, approved by God. You got to catch that. Because the truth about it is, even if no one else approves, I'll come on this side with all other folks. Even if nobody else approves of you, if God's hand is on your life, you cannot be stopped. I don't need everybody to agree with me. I don't need everybody to approve of me. I don't need everybody to accept me. As long as God's hand is on my life, I cannot be stopped. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. God told Joshua himself in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, he said, Joshua, no man, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. That's the reason nobody can stop you. It's because I am with you. That's because I am with you. And if God has his hand on your life, then no man can stop you. Somebody shout, I can't be stopped. All the systems of this world, with all their force, can't stop you when God's hand is on you. God told Joshua, no man can stand before you. Then let Joshua run into a wall called Jericho. And God, 
God has the audacity to tell Joshua, see, I have given you the land. He's looking at a wall and God says, see, shoot, I have given you the land. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Some of you, you're looking at a wall right now and God is saying, but see, I have given you the land. Because not only can no, no wall stand before you, but no man can stand before you, and no system can stand before you, and no government can stand before you, and your family can't stand before you. If my hand is on your life, you can't be stopped. Encourage two people, tell them you can't be stopped. I'm sorry, find somebody who needed it. Find somebody else, tell them you can't be stopped. He's got his hand on me. He's got his hand on my life. He's got his hand right on my back. The favor of the Lord is on my life and no man can stand before me. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. And every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I'm going to condemn it. No man can stand before me. Oh, Lord, I can't be stopped. Oh, Lord, I can't be stopped. Oh, ha, 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 ha. The devil barking up the wrong tree. I can't be stopped. You messing with the wrong one, man. I can't be stopped. Even if I'm delayed, I can't be stopped. Even if I'm delayed, I, I can't be stopped. Even if I stumble, I can't be stopped. I'm not telling you that you're not going to have obstacles in your way, but every obstacle, God makes an opportunity for you to step up higher. So every rock, every stone the devil puts in your way, stand on it. Get a better view of your victory. Get a better view of your prosperity. Get a better view of your overcoming. I'm going to stand on everything he away. I can't be stopped. Psalm number 75. Psalm 75 verse 6 and 7 proves it. Psalm 75, 6 and 7. Glory to God. Says for exaltation. Your King James, I like the way King James says it, promotion. For promotion comes either from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. Verse 7, verse 7, verse 7. Come on, verse 7, verse 7. Come on, get it up there. But God. Who? Who? But God is the judge. He puts down one and sets up another. So if you think you're going to stand in my way, you got to come through God. If you think you can make rules to hold me back, God is the judge. He puts down one. Y'all missed that. He puts down one. Watch over these next 40 days, God start putting people down and setting you up. 
See, if you ain't going to serve him, you're about to be put down. My advice to you, my friend, is start serving God. Because the people of God are about to be set up. Because we can't be stopped. We are part of what Hebrews calls, Hebrews 12 calls, an unshakable kingdom. God said, I'm shaking everything that can be shaken. I'm shaking everything that can be shaken. And when he shakes those things that can be shaken, they're being put down. The things that cannot be shaken are being put up. Y'all got it? Woo-wee. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you. Watch this next part. By miracles, wonders, and signs. Miracles, wonders, and signs. Just want to make this point to you real quick that when God is with you, your life will be marked by the supernatural. I want you, you, to, you might, might want to write that down. When God is with you, your life will be marked by the supernatural. <laughs> oh, that's good. When God is with me, my life is marked by the supernatural. He says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by. So God showed his approval of him by. God showed he was with him by miracles, wonders, and signs. So that's how they were to know that God was with him because he did miracles, wonders, and signs. The Bible says in, he, in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. He went about doing good and healing all those who were pressed of the devil for God was with him. So when God is with you, your life will be marked by the supernatural. In other words, let me just put it in plain English for all, all the people who are trying to catch up. That when God is with you, there will be things that happen in you, for you, to you, and through you that the world cannot explain. <laughs> Do I have any witnesses here in this place? That there are things that God has done in your life for you, through you, in you that the world can't explain. Now, I can explain it to the, to the best, of, best of, of my ability. I can explain it was God. How'd that happen? It was God. How'd you come out of debt? It was God. How'd you get healed of sciatica? It was God. How'd you get healed of prostate issues? It was God. How'd you get healed of back issues? It was God. Nobody but you, Lord. <laughs> Miracles, signs, and wonders. Miracles, wonders, and signs. So when God is with you, your life will be, will be marked by the supernatural. You getting this here? So if your life is marked by the, by the supernatural, God is with you. Because he's with you, you cannot be stopped. See, God is able to supernaturally deliver you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Jesus, first day of ministry, preaches, makes the, the church, the, the religious folk mad. They're going to throw them off a cliff. All of a sudden, the Bible says he passed right through them. How? Supernaturally. Peter, John, locked in jail. Get out. Say, don't preach anymore. Peter keeps preaching. They locked Peter in jail again because they already killed Herod. They locked Peter in jail. He's there sleeping. 
God sends an angel by night, comes, hit him on the side, get up, let's go. The supernatural opens the doors of the jail, lets Peter out, goes to the gate of the city, supernaturally opens the gates of the city, and say, go preach again. Because Peter could not be stopped. Paul and Silas, Acts 16, they're locked in jail. They're about to be killed the next day. But they prayed and they praised God all night long. And all of a sudden, an earthquake happened. All of a sudden, a rumbling began to happen. All of a sudden, the doors of the prison were loose and all their chains broke. And they started the church at Philippi the next day. When God's hand is on your life, your life will be marked by the supernatural and you cannot be stopped. John the Beloved, we read from Revelation today. John the Beloved, who was God's, God's apostle, apostle of Lord Jesus Christ, they boiled John in hot oil trying to kill him. And he wouldn't die. So that's why he went to Patmos and wrote the whole book of Revelation. When God's hand is on your life, you cannot be stopped. They stoned Paul to death, left him dead. The Bible says his disciples came, picked his body up, and he. And went right back to preaching. Why? Because when God's hand is on your life, you'll have the supernatural in your life and you cannot be stopped. Tell your neighbor, don't worry about it. No, tell, tell somebody else, don't worry about it. I didn't say don't worry. I said don't worry about it. You got, you got a little ghetto for me. Come on, you got to get a little ghetto on you. you got, see, when you're when you, when you dealing with a devil, you can't be all proper. Mr. Devil, uh, don't worry. This you can't bother Mr. Devil. No, you, you can't be proper with no devil. Mark 16, verse 17 through 18 in the Passion. Mark 16, verse 17 through, the 18, through 18 in the Passion. Your mark, life will be marked by the supernatural. Watch this. And these miracle signs will accompany pastors. Huh? Oh, those who believe. Is that you? They will, you will, drive out demons in the power of my name, Jesus' name. You will speak in tongues. Verse 18, you will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous, and you will. God's hand is on your life. You will lay hands on the sick and get sick yourself. No, he said you'll lay hands on the sick and you're going to heal them. Tell your neighbor that, that that's still true today. All right, back in Acts 2. Acts 2. Jesus of Nazareth, man, attested by God to you. Miracles, wonders, and signs. Y'all okay? Yes, sir. Which God did through him in your midst as you yourselves also know. So you already know this, don't you? Verse 23. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge 
of God. Oh, my goodness. So Jesus going to the cross, it says, was determined purpose and foreknowledge for, F-O-R-E means ahead of time, foreknowledge of God. Y'all with me? So you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified, and put to death. So we see lawless hands, crucified, put to death, but it was by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. So the crucifixion was a setup. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, you've taken by the lawless hands, have crucified and put to death. But it was by the, pre- by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. That means the devil thought he was pulling one over. And God said, no. I got you, sucker. I'm pulling one over on you. Y'all missed it. Uh, Devil, you played right into my hand. You thought Jesus dying was your idea. God says, no, it was my idea. I told you I was going to get you. Didn't I tell you in the garden I was going to get you? Y'all remember Genesis 3.15? You're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to bruise your head? I told you I was going to get you. So I set this whole crucifixion thing up to get you. Satan thought it was his idea. Can I show you this in scripture here? Luke 22. Oh, my goodness. Luke 22, 19 through 22. Luke 22, verse 19 through 22. Lord have mercy. Boy, I'm enjoying Jesus. How about you? Luke 22, 19 through 22. It says, and he took bread. This is Jesus at, at the Last Supper. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it, gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Keep going, please. Come on, keep going. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Now, this is, he hadn't, he hadn't given a body. He hadn't shed any blood yet. But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. He hasn't been betrayed yet. Foreknowledge. It's foreknowledge. It's a setup. It's a setup. And truly the Son of Man goes, watch this, here it is, as it has been determined. So it was determined ahead of time that I'm going to go this route. But woe to the man by whom he is betrayed. Look, please, at John 12. John 12. 
Verse 23 and 24, John 12, 23 and 24. Y'all all right? I'm almost finished here. Y'all keep, come on, hold on now. John 12, verse 23 and 24. Oh, my goodness. Praise God. Hallelujah. This is set up, y'all. The devil is stupider than y'all think. He is stupid. I mean, it's like he forgot Genesis 3.15. John 12. Can we get it? 12, 23, and 24. I don't see it. I'm going to throw this whole system out tomorrow. John 12. Well, I got my own Bible. Let me just look at my own Bible. That's why you don't trust no technology. John 12, 23 and 24. I don't need it now. But Jesus answered them saying, he answered them saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. So he's telling ahead of time that I'm going to go into the ground and die, and I'm going to produce much grain. I'm going to produce a harvest. And the only way I can get this harvest is if I go into the ground. And I'm not going to kill myself. So we got this whole plan set up for somebody to kill me. But he thinks it's his idea. Because he's always been stupid. I said the devil's always been stupid. How could you be in heaven in all God's glory, enjoying the best, living the best, and get so stupid as to rebel on God? you already stupid. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6 through 8. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6 through 8. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6 through 8. Glory to God. We're going to watch God's plan unfold here. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6 through 8. We got it. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The wisdom which God ordained, the wisdom, the mind of God, ordained before the ages for our glory. Now, hold on right there. So there's something that God in his mind had already ordained before the ages. Something he had planned before the ages. Something he planned before time began. Now, watch verse 8. Verse 8. Verse 8. Come on. Which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known this plan, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They didn't know we were getting over on them. They didn't know they were playing right into God's hand. If they had known that, if they had known that if a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. If they had known that, they would not have killed him. You don't, you don't sow, you, oh my God, you don't sow onion seed if you, you don't want an onion harvest. So they didn't realize they were helping do the very thing God needed done. For they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Oh my goodness. All right, now, I want you to listen to this. This is, this is real important. Because remember it said in Acts 2.22, 2, 
determined purpose, and foreknowledge of God. The only way Jesus could legally get into the earth was to be born through a woman. Y'all know that. Y'all theologians understand that. The only way Jesus could legally get into the earth was to be born of a woman. You can't, you can't operate in the earth without going, being born of a woman. Jesus couldn't just show up here mystically and complete his job. He had to be born of a virgin, of, of, of uh, the Virgin Mary. He had to be born of a woman. Had to be. Got it? Next one. Next one. The only way he could legally get into hell was to die with sin. The only way he could legally get into hell was to die in sin. Die with sin, rather. Not his sin. He wasn't in sin. He died with sin. It wasn't his sin. It was all of our sin. But he had to take that because that's the only way because a person who's not uh, in sin, doesn't have sin, can't get into hell. So he had to take all of our sins on him to legally get into hell. The devil all this time is thinking. He's thinking I got him. He's thinking I got him, but what he doesn't realize is he legally got into there now. Are y'all with me on this? All right, now one more thing I want you to know about this. So watch this. Watch, watch this last legality. The only way we could legally get into heaven was for Jesus to sprinkle his blood on the mercy seat. Now y'all ain't like you already knew that part. But that's good if you did. Because without us, without him going before us, Sprinkling his blood that was shed on the mercy seat in heaven, we couldn't legally get in. All right, how do I know? Okay, remember the Bible talks about uh, Enoch was translated? Enoch was there around in Genesis. Enoch didn't go to heaven. Elijah caught up. Chariot, he didn't go to heaven. Moses didn't see his body. He didn't go to heaven. Abraham, Lazarus, all of, they didn't go to heaven. They couldn't. Jesus hadn't, had not cleared the heavens yet. They were in a place called Abraham's bosom. What Jesus told, remember that Jesus on the cross and the man on the, the thief said, uh, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, this day you will be with me. He didn't say in heaven. In paradise. Paradise, Abraham's bosom. There's a, it's a holding place for all the saints before Jesus Christ finished the job. So it wasn't until Jesus Christ died, ascended to the Father, and sprinkled that mercy seat could men now be in heaven. So because he's done that, now Paul could say to be absent Oh, y'all missed it. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, saints. 
to be absent from the body is to be present. Why? Because now the blood of the, of the, of the Savior has been sprinkled on the mercy seat. It's been cleaned. Now there is literally a man in heaven. Paul told Timothy, Paul said, Timothy, there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. He called Jesus Christ a man. Jesus Christ is still a man to this day. And because he's a man and he's cleared the way, now you and I can now legally get into heaven. Woo, you better shout about that one time. Oh, man, let me finish. Let me finish. So God knew about it already. The devil just got duped. Look at this last verse. Here's the last verse. Look at the last verse. Whom God raised up. Y'all see that? Acts 2.24. Whom God raised up. So notice it says here, whom God raised up. God raised up. Jesus couldn't raise himself. Need y'all to hear that. Jesus could not raise himself. You got it? Neither can you. Jesus could not. We say he's risen. He rose from the dead. Yes, he rose because God raised him. He could not raise himself up. So look in Acts 2, look at verse 27, the same chapter, Acts 2, 27. Look at what it says here. This is David forecasting or prophesying about Jesus Christ, talking to the Father. He says, for you will not leave. Jesus is saying the Father will not leave his soul in Hades or in the grave or in hell. Nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Y'all got it? So he couldn't raise himself up. He needed somebody to raise him up for him. Got it? In Luke 23, verse 4 to 6, Jesus on the cross, he's about to breathe his last breath, Dwight, and he says this, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. He's on the cross. They couldn't kill him. They've pierced him in his hands, nailed him in his hands, nailed him in his feet, crushed a crown of thorns on his head. They whipped him in his back. He's bleeding. They're trying to suffocate him. This, this whale of crucifixion was meant to suffocate a person. They, 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 they nailed him in a, in a way that he, you'd have to heave up to get a breath, but he couldn't. He's trying to lift himself to catch his breath with, with nails in his hands and his feet. His back exposed all of his insides because he's been whipped and he's on an old rugged wooden cross and he has to try to lift himself on a splinted cross to breathe and then they pierce him in his side they're going to try to kill him and the Bible says out came blood and water so he could be born of the water and of the spirit so 
He's, he, he, so they couldn't kill him, so he has to die on his own. So he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, which means he's, no, he knows his spirit is going to separate from his body. So when he says, I commit, I think the King James used the word commend. That word commends literally means to entrust. So he says, Father, I'm trusting you with my spirit. I'm going to go ahead and lay down because that's the plan. They think I'm dead for good. But I'm trusting you with my spirit. You will not leave my soul in hell. You won't allow me to see corruption. And we already got a deal set that in three nights and three days. You're going to raise me up. So he entrusted. And what you and I do is, no matter what we're facing, is entrust ourselves to God. No matter what you're going through right now, God will raise you up. Did you hear what I said? I don't care what you're dealing with right now. God will raise you up. He will not leave your soul in all that hell you're going through. He will not allow you to see corruption. He's going to take care of you, and God's going to raise you up. You might be going through the worst, darkest time of your life right this moment, but God is going to raise you up. Micah 7, verse 8. Micah 7, verse 8. I love this right here. Micah 7, verse 8 says, Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall... All the devils in hell were rejoicing. All the demons from all the principalities were had congregated in hell. They having a big convention. We killed him. We got him. We killed God. But I can hear Jesus saying, don't rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, because I will arise. And when I sit in this darkness, the Lord and you have the same right to the same claim that when people laugh at you because you lost your job, they laugh at you because you went through a divorce, they laugh at you because your children acted crazy. Don't rejoice over, over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. And when I sit in darkness, when I go through dark times, when I go through the horrible times, when I'm in a pit, the Lord will be a light to me. Somebody, somebody, just shout, I will arise. I will arise. I ain't staying down here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get back up again because I, I can't be stopped. I told you one time I can't be stopped. I don't told you three times I can't be stopped. Don't, 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 don't get caught laughing at me now. <laughs> I remember when my wife and I, when we, when the Lord was getting us out of debt, and we had, we got rid of, you know, the cars, the fancy cars, we went got out of debt, and we ended up driving something, the Lord had blessed us with this little van, and we're just thankful, taking care of it, and I remember a, a pastor friend making fun of me. <laughs> I'm driving this old van. 
Don't laugh at me, my enemy. Because I will arise. You can't laugh now. You can't laugh now. Because God will always raise you up. All right, let's finish this up here. Acts 2, 24, when God raised, notice it says here, having loosed the pains of death. That word loose literally means to destroy or abolish. He loosed, the, he, loosed he destroyed, he abolished the pains. Now, I told you the other night, we taught you what the pain of death is. It's called, it's sin. The sting of death is sin. So that means that because of what Jesus did, death has no more sting to it. We read in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, that Jesus Christ, our Savior, has abolished death and brought life and immortality to life. He's brought life and immortality. Y'all got it? So he loosed the pains of death. So death can't hold me. Now watch this. Here's the end. Because, let me start at verse 24 at the beginning. Whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Your Bible says it was not possible. Oh, you better, you better catch this here. Oh, I can just smell your greens now, boy. It was not possible. that he should be held by it. God raised him, loosed the pains of death because it, y'all got to catch this here, ladies. It was not possible that he should be held by it. The devil thought it was possible. The Pharisees, the scribes, the religious folk thought it was possible. They got many of the Jews to agree with them. They thought it was possible that he should be held by death. Now, they had a little bit of doubt because the Pharisees, the, the, the elders, the chief priests, when he did die, they said, you know, that, that liar said that he's going to get up again. So let's, let's get a, a large stone put over the grave Put over the cave just in case. Because, you know, they, 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 they hoping, but they got something in the back of their mind that's just in case he's right. As a matter of fact, your Bible says that even after he was raised and the stone was rolled away, the Bible says that the chief priests, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money to tell a lie that he did not rise again. They paid, it was a conspiracy. That lie still exists in the day that he did not rise, but he did rise. How do we know? Because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Give me Acts 3 verse 14, 15 real quick. Watch this, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let y'all go in a minute. Watch this. Acts 3, 14, 15. This is the same message he's preaching right here. Next day, after he's healed somebody and they still question Jesus, he says, but you denied the Holy One and the just 
and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. Verse 15, and killed, you killed the prince of life whom God raised from the dead of which we are witnesses. So you killed the prince of life. Now, it said in 24, Acts 2.24, it was not possible that he should be held by. Here's the picture that I get when I see the prince of life. It was not possible that he should be held by. Many times, uh, I've been in, in uh, uh, the pool, whether public pool or at my house. I've been in the pool, and uh, we have this old tired-looking beach ball, Olivia. So this is tires. This beach ball has outlasted all the other beach balls. This, this beach ball has been in the family for a long time, like our little pet. It's, it's all faded, but it's our beach ball. And that beach ball is filled with air. So that beach ball, Deacon Robert, if I take that ball and I submerge underwater, and I hold it down. See, because of what's in it. It's not possible that it should be held. So the moment I give a little bit away, it's going to shoot up out the... Not because of the material. Not because of who's holding it, but because of what's in it. There's something on the inside of it that the water can't hold. There's something on the inside of you that death can't hold. There's something on the inside of you that depression can't hold. There's something on the inside of you that debt cannot hold. There's something inside of you that sickness can't hold. There's something inside of you that if you get one little opening and here's what I discovered. Take this out. If this is the water surface and I, I push the ball just under the surface and let it go, it just pops up. But if I push it three feet down, let it go, it's going to shoot up a little higher. But if I take that ball to the bottom of the pool, have you ever done this before? And let it go, it's going to shoot all the way up to the top. That means because of what's in it, the deeper it gets drugged down. See, some of y'all, you ain't been through nothing yet. Some of y'all, you ain't faced nothing yet. Everything's still great. Everything's still going good. But some of y'all have been through the... And the devil has had his hands on you. He's been dragging you down, pulling you down, trying to hold you down. But I got news for that dumb devil. Something on the inside of me that can't let you hold me down. Laugh at me all you want right now, but I'm going to rise again. 
to give God a shout of praise. Tell somebody I can't be stopped. I can't be stopped. Find somebody else and tell them I can't be stopped. Something inside me. I got the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. I got the joy of the Lord on the inside of me. I've got the peace of God on the inside of me. I've got the word of God on the inside of me. I've got the glory of God on the inside of me. I've got the love of Jesus on the inside of me. You can't hold me down and I can't be stopped. too young to remember but we used to have a toy back in my day called a weeble wobble they, 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 don't, they don't have weeble wobble on playstation they don't have weeble wobble on, on xbox weeble wobble was this air filled toy usually in the picture of a, of a clown on it and it was weighted at the bottom Filled with air on the inside. And with this weeble wobble, the way it was designed, if you hit it, bam. How many of y'all remember that? How many of y'all remember that? If, if you just barely hit it, it would just. But you can hit it hard, bam, knock it down. And you better move because when it comes back, bam. I tell you this, shot, I got to come back in my spirit. I've been hit. I've been knocked down. But I will rise again. Because I can't be stopped. This, 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 the way, this is the way Romans, uh, Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. If the same spirit, this is, this is what's inside you. If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells, lives in you, then the same way it was impossible that he should be held by death. Now you got to know it. That if death couldn't hold him, if death couldn't hold him, how could a disease hold him? How could a sickness hold him? How could be being picked on hold him? How could be being despised and rejected hold him? It couldn't hold him. And if it couldn't hold him, and the same spirit that was in him is in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you a bounce back in your spirit. No matter how long you've been held down. You're about to be released and pop up. And I'm telling you, if you tell me, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through, I don't, but good. I hope, I hope it's real bad. I hope it's real deep. I hope it's real deep. Because if it is, when you come back, oh, 
last scripture, put this on the screen. Y'all stay, remain standing. Stand up. You can just stand up. Everybody stand up. Psalm 37, verse 23 through 25. Psalm 37, 23 through 25. The steps of a good man. Do I have any good men or good women in here? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Y'all got it? So God is ordering your steps. How come this happened? God is ordering your steps. Don't freak out. God is ordering your steps. Everything's working out according to plan. God's not surprised by what's going on. You got to trust him. Into your hands, I commend my spirit. I don't know what's going on, God, but I, I trust you with my spirit. Though he fall. And you won't, he said, though he fall. Faith man, faith woman, though he fall. You might fall. Y'all don't want to hear that. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Why? For the Lord upholds him. Now here comes the, the clincher right here. Here comes the clincher right here. I have been young. I know some of y'all, you, you're still teenagers, but I have been young, and now I'm a little bit older. Yet, I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed, his descendants. Tell them that God will take care of you. Tell them real, real loud, God will take care of you. Be not dismayed, whatever betides you, God will. Y'all gonna make me preach in here. God will. Take care of you. No matter how far you go down, no matter how long you've been down, no matter how deep you've been down, God will take care of you. In this moment, in this hour, in this time where the world is going crazy, no, I'm going crazy. God's going to take care of me. God's going to take care of me. Even if I go down for a minute, cutbacks, furloughs, layoffs, shutdowns, God will take care of you. Can you say like a Baptist preacher, tell your neighbor, God will take care of you. Oh, Lord. to fear anything. See, because I might stumble, but I can't be stopped. I might fall, but I can't be stopped. I might be knocked down, but I can't be stopped. Because, here's what he said in Acts 2.24, it was impossible. In other words, 
Death really didn't even stand a chance. No. No, sir. Jesus just had, he just had to go through that to get the keys. And he still have the keys now and forevermore. So it's no longer possible for you to be held down. It's not possible for you to be stopped. And I want you, the people of God, those of you who are in this ministry, attached, connected, visiting, guests, whatever you are, I want you to know that when you walk out of this place today and you hear all the news, you hear all the things going on and people are freaking out, you, you just, just let that roll right off your back. And I have news for you. The church can't be stopped. Jesus said, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So the church can't be stopped. They might have shut all churches down, but the church can't be stopped. The church is going to rise higher than it's ever been. We're going to experience the most glorious times that the church has ever had. Peter and John and Paul, those guys had some glorious days. But what they had in their day will pale in comparison to what God's going to do in the body of Christ in these last days. So we can't be stopped. God's got his hand on us. God's got his hand on us. God's got his hand on us. Don't you worry, God's got his hand on you. If you don't mind, I know we might be breaking a lot of rules, but just grab somebody's hand next to you. If you're not comfortable, say, that's I'm not, I'm not comfortable. That's whatever. If they're comfortable, do it. And I just want to look them in the eye and tell them, God's got his hand on you. Matter of fact, tell them he's holding your hand. Right now. I will uphold you with my hand. That's what the Bible said. Read Isaiah 46. God says, I'm going to hold you with my hand. Father, I thank you today for those, everyone in this room today, Lord, who's heard the voice of the Spirit. That God, each person in this room, that they will look at whatever they've been dealing with, whatever things have come against them in their lives, God, there's a major shaking going on. Some of us even have been affected by the shaking. But God, we know that this is not the end of the story for us. We are your people. And God, it is impossible for death or any agent of death to hold us down. It's impossible for any work of the enemy to hold us down. It's impossible for any action of the devil to stop us. That no devil in hell can stop the progress that's being made in our lives. So, Father, right now, I commend every person in this room to you that, Lord, those who are in the midst of a crisis, those who are in, and God, in, in some way, we're all affected right now. In some way, we're all affected. But, God, I pray that every person will have the assurance that whatever the devil has planned, it won't top your plans. Whatever he's doing, it won't top what you're doing. That Jesus Christ still has the keys over death and hell. 
and that he gave us the keys of the kingdom of God. And said, whatever we bind on earth, we will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth, we'll be loosed in heaven. So we bind every demonic force that's coming against the people of God. We bind every demonic plan, every demonic power that's trying to stop the body of Christ. And we lose angels to go forth now and put every demon to flight. We lose angels right now to go and work on our behalf. You, your word said they are all ministers of yours. Sent forth a minister for us who are the heirs of salvation. So think of that you've assigned angels to us. You said in your word you give your angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways, that they bear us up in their hands so that we don't even dash our feet against stones. Think of that we're protected, that we're safe, and that God, your hand is on our lives, and supernatural things happen all the time for us. We thank you. Today we give you glory for all that are here. We pray that God, the power of Jesus' resurrection will be evident in our lives. Your word says that, Father, with great power, the, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, Father, by the healings, by the miracles, by the signs and the wonders, continue to give witness through us to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Bless your people in every way needed. Let us be the head, not the tail above, and not beneath in this world, and be a light for all mankind, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Put those hands together and give God a praise. We 